what's the problem with Roger? Because if he was a normal person, he wouldn't be offended. But you're like so sensitive and whatever, whatever, right? Like, I'm sorry if my very normal way of living life wisely offended you, you know? And then I roll on, right? But Jesus, you have to understand when Jesus did the reconciliation Christmas, he didn't just, he was not just content to forgive. He could have forgiven us from heaven. He didn't have to come on earth. He definitely didn't have to die on the cross. He did more than just forgive. Please remember this, more than just forgive. He aimed at reconciliation. He aimed at getting us back into relationship with Him. All right? He did everything He could on His side to ensure a path back to relationship. All right, that's good, Chris. You know, I think oftentimes the difficulty is, you know, starting relationships like starting anything else is very easy, right? I mean, we can start off as friends or, you know, and then eventually you lead to courtship, engagement into marriage. I think about starting a car. Would you marry me? Yeah, no, I will not marry you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) 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 Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, great. That wasn't a real million years. (laughs) (laughs) I like you, but I don't like you that much. (laughs) Living with you would be terrible. But. That was not script. Not scripted. <laughs> no. Probably not. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Will you just stay okay. in the script? Yeah. You go, you go, you go. <laughs> What's the point of meeting up if you're not going to follow? <laughs> anyway, as I was going to say, starting a car is a lot easier than running and maintaining the car, right? Starting is easy, trying to drive the car, yeah, it's a little bit more skillful, but if it breaks down, it's pretty hard, right? You think about starting a relationship, it's easy to send someone a text and say, let's go on a date, but try living with the same person for the next 20, 30, 50 years, that's not so easy, it takes work. And you know, there are instruction manuals for anything and everything these days, right? I mean, you think about it, you pick up any instruction manual, and uh, Lego, which uh, Denise and I know many of you here like, um, it is like 40 pages to build something, but comes down to when it's broken, there's one page of useless troubleshooting and FAQs and advice, right? So it's 40 pages to build something to get to where it's operational, but then you're suddenly stuck if it ever breaks. And that's why we wanted to spend a little bit more time this week and next week to talk about uh, fixing things that are broken and actually unpack some in our dynamic. I'm sure it only applies to us, not, right? All of us go through life where things are broken and we want to take a little bit more time to unpack this. It's quite a tragedy because today we live in this use and discard world. If it doesn't uh, work, we just throw it away, right? We just buy a new one. Well, you can't just upgrade your wife. Well, you'd like to. You can't just press a download software. You've got to fix things, and you've got to take some time. So we're going to slow some things down, and if that's okay with you, Chris and I are just going to be a little bit open and share about our lives, right? So it's not so much a preaching series today, but no. more of a, you know, That's right. So I think family. today yeah. is this kind of series, while it's anchored on what Jesus <clears throat> Christ has been doing over Christmas, and it's definitely theologically based, most of today is going to be about how do we practically live out what we hear God ask us to do uh, in Scripture. You know, one of the things that we do very normally, and I, I, I like, um, I picked this up from Andy Stanley, but there is a default reconciliation strategy that all of us take, right? Uh, it is, hey, if there is a problem with us, right, I'm going to use one of four very time-tested techniques to make sure that we're reconciled. And by reconcile, what I mean is you You're agree okay. with you yeah. agree with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you come to my side because obviously I'm correct. So I will use one of four techniques, convince, convict, coerce, or control, right? There's something wrong with our relationship. So I'm going to try and convince you. I'm going to convict you that you're wrong. Coerce and control. I, I tend to use... So each one of us have a default style. I tend to use convince, right? I like, every time we, we chat, Raj, I'm like, I'm trying to convince you. Mm. You are wrong. You are wrong. Well, I'm the same. I also like to use data and facts to try to convince you that I am right. Okay. So actually, <laughs> let me just tell you, you're wrong. 
No, because, no, I'm not wrong. Yes, because you use coerce and control. No way. Yeah, you definitely do. I'm the most placid guy you would yeah, know. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. look, let me just convict you with the Holy Spirit right now and tell you, you use coerce and control. The, the, the reason I cannot accept what you're saying is yeah. because clearly I'm older than you and you just have to respect the elders. Okay. I see from your gray hair, I will concede. Yes, not only that, my mom is older than your mom, okay. right? So you've got no choice. Oh, you just man. gotta follow my way. All right, <laughs> I guess you have coerced and controlled me to agree with you. That's right. Brilliant. <laughs> We're all off on a good start. Um, you see, the thing is that uh, while the ultimate goal is reconciliation, well, the, how, all of us, like all of us, if you're talking about your, your family, if you're talking about your best friend, if you're talking about people you love, surely the goal is reconciliation. The, the problem with convince, convict, coerce, and control is that in relationships with grown adult people who make their own choices, we cannot control the outcome. We want to control the outcome. I mean, I wish I could stand up here and say, here is like four techniques and then you can control the outcome of mm. all your important relationships. That's just not the reality, right? Um, um, you know, Jesus doesn't, doesn't do it really. Yeah. And I think the reason we can't control the outcome is because we don't have all the pieces, right? Because there's any, you know, you're with the, there's a saying that says it takes two hands to clap. Uh, and and, and the, the, the danger is it's not, relationships are a lot more complicated than say a broken vessel or a vase or a cup. You can collect all the pieces and try to, you know, maybe imperfectly, but you try to put it all together. But the problem is in a relationship that's fractured, you don't control all the pieces. There is another party or parties involved, right? Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a bit of a pastoral tip. Um, we must be really careful not to set an agenda yeah. for someone else. Uh, we, I see this all the time. I know our pastoral team and our leaders, we see this all the time. Uh, we'll get a phone call from a parent. I used to be a kids and youth pastor, right? They'll call us up. Hey, Pastor Chris, you have to meet my kid. Oh, really? Meet your kid? Sounds really fantastic. I'm sure he or she's a really nice person. You need to make sure they break up with their girlfriend and come to church and do all the, oh, okay, great. That's, that's going to be a friendly meeting. We're going to have a blast. Let's just meet this person for the first time. Then as soon as we like rock up to that meeting, it's, it's ice cold already. It's ice cold already. Because you already know as soon as there's an agenda, you can see the agenda from like a hundred miles yeah. away. Yeah. That person. And so th that's often the problem with these like convict, coerce, control methods is the person you're trying to rebuild relationships with, they see your agenda first. And the yeah. agenda is not reconciliation, it is come to my side, my way of thinking. Which is fine if you were God, right? But uh, we are not. And I think the, the goal, I mean, while the ultimate goal is reconciliation, right? And we would love for both to be headed towards the same direction and be united and fully, fully, fully reconciled, uh, it may not always be possible, but that is a good ultimate goal, uh, i.e. reconciliation. So, but the onus is on us. And so, I, 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 again, we like, we were looking at what Andy Stanley was saying, and this is something that uh, I've started to apply in, even in my own life. So the goal is not um, re full reconciliation. I mean, that's the aim. But the goal for us as an individual is that we would have a goal of no regrets. What that means is that you and I would do everything in our power, in my power, to ensure I'm taking the right steps. So that at the end of the day, whether 20, 30, 50 years ago, later, that there is no regrets. We have done everything and all that we can do to head along that direction. I can't control Chris whether he wants to be reconciled with me, but I will surely, as, you know, as God enables me, to take all the necessary steps. So at the end of it, I can say, hey, God, I've tried my very, very, very best. So we live a life of no regrets. You see, even Jesus doesn't control the outcome. He has done everything he can by being the way, the truth, and the life, and coming to the cross. But he doesn't make you and I say, love me, follow me, say the sinner's prayer, blah, blah, blah. God doesn't do that. He leaves it with us. 
But his aim, of course, is ultimate reconciliation for all of eternity. But he doesn't force that upon us. And so I think we too can learn from that and have that posture. Yep. And so I think what we're going to do for the rest of the sermon is we're going to slow down. Uh, we're going to slow motion fight. We're going to break down a big fracture that Roger and I had um, just so that we're all on the same page of what it looks like to have a no regrets approach. Because if we're really honest, what happens quite often is especially if we're a bit sick of the other person, mm. we will say something like, yeah, I've already reached out. I have no regrets. I've done all I can. But all you've actually done is one WhatsApp. One WhatsApp message. And then you, you've told your best friend and maybe your mother and something else, right? And that's it. That's the entirety of you clearing a path of no regrets to reconciliation with that person. When you consider what Jesus did, his steps were much bigger. Being the creator of the whole world, God himself, he lowered himself down to be creation yeah. and to live in a manger, to not only live a normal life, which is bad enough, to die as a criminal on a cross in a most horrific way. If that is our example of no regrets and clearing a path to reconciliation, we've all got a long way to go. Yeah. I mean, we should set it up. You know, guys know, Chris and I have been friends for many, many years. We grew up in a youth, same youth group together, and I've probably known this guy for maybe 30 years. Uh, and, you know, sometimes they say familiarity breeds contempt, right? And because we're so familiar, we kind of know each other's moves already. Whilst I'm not married to him, I sure spend a lot of time with him, right? <laughs> Which may be a good thing or a bad thing, but I kind of know what he's like, I kind of know what he's thinking, and I kind of know his hot buttons, and you know, if he presses me one way, I kind of know how to defend, and then I'll whack him back, right? And so, uh, we serve together in this church, we've been, you know, our, our families are good friends, uh, what else? Uh, yeah, we've taken, we've taken holidays yep. together, right? I think what, what happens is when you see us at church, and, um, you know, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, you just assume that if everybody's a mature Christian, that they end up just working out their problems behind the scenes. Right. But the reality of it is that in order for us to have a good, long friendship, we have to get into conflict in the deep levels. We have to deal with yeah. underlying yeah. fractures that take place in our friendship and in our relationship, right? Yeah. Um, so let's so, talk about that incident right there where Daryl, behind Daryl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's set up the scene, right? It's a, to me anyway, it's a regular day, right? I think we were finishing a, uh, a board meeting, board meeting yeah. right? So SLT board meetings. Uh, finished 11.30, you know, like I can remember, like close to midnight. Which Chris never ends on time, I'll yeah, tell you that's that. Right. Right? I, so. I don't know why, we're so long-winded, somebody's always talking, Yeah. right? It's usually one of the two of us, right? But anyway, <laughs> I, I get up at six something in the morning, right? And so by the time it, you get to 11.30, there are a ton load of issues that uh, we've had to solve, deal with things, and you, you know me, I use the David Allen GTD method, I'm like smashing through stuff, and so we're walking out of the SLT, having resolved a ton of issues, and there's just one lingering ministry issue that, um, we, were discussing. that we were discussing on the way out. And Actually, I, we were discussing, but not with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It had nothing to do with me even. Yeah, Except I was the senior pastor, so obviously I dipped my finger into everything, right? And so then, as, as Roger was sort of discussing in general with other people that were there, right? I overheard something and I just said, Hey, Rog, just do this. Like, it was... No, I think you said worse. You said things like, just fix it. Yeah, something like, just get it done. Just fix it, right? So, it seemed, I was just walking along and like, they're talking about this problem, talking about this problem. I'm like, Rog, it's like the easiest thing. If you could just sort your emotions out, sort your whatever things out, just, just get it done. Fix it on the way out. I'm like, Rog, just fix it, man. And then, and then I just walked out. I, I honestly did not even think. You probably thought you were Father Christmas giving gifts. I was giving yeah. you the gift of great advice. Yes, wisdom from yeah. on high. Wisdom. Yeah. 
get it done yeah. and fix it. Which felt like turd when I received it. Yeah, just let you know. That's like getting socks or goose. Yeah. But worse, probably. You know, um, I still remember this comment, and it was a very, I'll be the first one to admit, it was a very flippant comment from me, right? But I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't in the super pay attention mode, and I was in the smash things out mode. It was in the end of the day as well. Mm. So we did arrange to catch up. I mean, Chris, to his credit, said, hey, you know, a week later, why don't we just catch up? And we went to one of our favorite uh, places, because Chris knows the way to my heart is through my stomach. So we arranged to go to Forest Hill and have Chinese lunch, right? Yeah, yes. which, which I always ordered the same thing. Yes. And so then if I'm late, Roger can already and order And this time, it. because I was angry, I made sure he paid, right? Yes. So. Definitely, cha yeah. fun. <laughs> Splurged <laughs> completely. And yeah. I thought what we were meeting up about uh, was actually to resolve the ministry issue yes. that we had, right? Yes. Because yeah. the last words I said to him was, just get it done, just fix it. Right, and then we were meeting up, I thought, to talk about the amazing way in which he followed my exact instructions of an issue that didn't involve me, by the way. Yes. It, didn't, it didn't involve me at all. But you know, senior pastor, right? So I don't get it done, and probably this is the way to get it done. That's right. right. And then so I'm expecting to meet with him at lunch to resolve it. To, yeah, to see how well it's been resolved. But I was thinking, leading up to it, even as I was parking, how best to load my guns, because I was going to blast them. <laughs> I felt that he was short. I felt that he was uh, not being real, and uh, he didn't care for my feelings. So I was ready for the showdown over Chasu Kaifan. <laughs> Which is a little bit weird. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bit weird, because I feel like I'm walking into an ambush, right? Well, you were, you just didn't know, know it, right? So. Okay, so um, I think the, the issue that was, it, I very quickly discovered was that I was, I was a terrible friend, but yeah. it wasn't even, I was not aware of this context. So if we could, we just wanted to replay a little bit of that. Now, I, it, the reason why we tell you this is not because this is how all conflicts uh, yeah. Uh, run, but we wanted to slow down at least one conflict. We've had many conflicts. Uh, this is probably one of the more recent ones and more serious ones, actually, because uh, what we didn't tell you is in the lead up to that meeting, yeah. you were already very curt to me. Yeah. Right? We were not chit chatting, bantering. We were no, not, no, um, no, not at all. No. And you, you postponed once or twice even. Yeah, I wasn't ready yet. In fact, I think you rang me and I just said, I'm, I'm not ready yet, I just need some time. So all the while, Chris just thought that it was just over that ministry issue, which is oftentimes in any fracture, the real issue is, lies much, much deeper than what it was on surface. It was certainly uh, in our case or in my case, because in particular, leading up to our lunch last year, we were maybe three quarters in the COVID season. You know, my contract wasn't renewed and you guys would have heard I had heart palpitation. So my health wasn't the very best. Uh, my tank was empty. I was concerned about our finances. You know, I was concerned with our children, a lot of personal matters, notwithstanding our ministry issues, right? So all of these burdens I was carrying, here was the senior pastor coming in like John Wayne and just dispensing two cents worth of advice, which I didn't even ask for, right? But what worse of all, I felt really hurt because he had not bothered taking the time to say, well, how are you? If I really am on the board, if you are truly my friend, then you would at least spend some time just say, before I give you my sage advice, how are you? What's going on with you? You have been uncharacteristically silent. And we have, we have not really had that banter that we normally have. You see us now, we're, we're fine. This is not show. I mean, we, we horse around all the time, right? But something was broken, and I think on, you know, on your side, you know, maybe you want to talk about you know, yeah. how you're feeling. You know? So, um, yeah, so I, I actually didn't uh, think things were broken. Uh, what, in my head, what I'm thinking is, I actually, I, I, and you know this, Rog, yeah. you're on my daily prayer list, right? So, yeah. I, I'm one of these list prayers. <laughs> I don't know how other people do it. Like, people come up to you and say, oh, can you pray for me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I, I don't know how all of you do it, I can't remember to do it unless it's on my list. 
So I have a GTD thing, I have a context that puts in the thing, right? I'm like, okay, when we wake up in the morning, I pray for this person, and you're on my prayer list. Yeah, so but like, I don't know how long you're praying for me. And I'm like, we're good friends, <laughs> I'm on my prayer list. So in my <laughs> mind, I'm already caring and concerning for you. Yeah, but I don't see it, you see. But you know, the, the problem is expectations are very different. If I say I pray for you, I, I walk one kilometer and I pray for you. Yeah. You might just say in Jesus' name, bless the food and pray for Raj, right? I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole different level, Chris, right? So yes. the expectations are different. And in this particular case, so if we slow it down, I was saying to Chris, you should have known better. Who else is here with you for 30 years? You should know better, right? And so that was my first bullet. I see that it didn't really hurt because he was quiet. Then I gave him my second bullet. I say, you always talk too much. If you would only shut up and listen. I mean, my temperature was getting this, hotter than the tea. This is the kettle calling the other kettle black. Because our conversations is both of us talking too much. <laughs> and then my third bullet was inadvertently, we had started drifting because there was too many balls. Chris was trying to battle government regulations, COVID, all of those things. And I'm trying to hold our ministry together. And we've got difficulty trying to organize schedule, rosters, volunteers. By the way, we still need people in media and worship <laughs> ministry. So you can help us, you know, by volunteering. Yeah, we need, we have no drummer today. Our worship leader has to play drums. So hey, you know, if you can keep time with two sticks, you're on. Yeah. Um, so we, we're not given time for actually for us to uh, reconnect back, right? And I think, you know, if you think about fractures, couples, relationships, we mm. started to go to a very transaction level. You got, you got a worship leader? Yes, this Sunday. Okay, what are we going? 30 minutes worship. Yes, bang. How about you? You got to preach a message? Yeah, bang, bang, check that. But we actually didn't yeah. go deep. And yeah, the, and, yeah, and maybe the last bullet I felt was I was entitled, right? Because I felt I was the victim. I was the one aggrieved. Then you should just listen to me and meow like a pussycat, right? <laughs> I mean, what kind of pastor are you if you're giving advice that I never asked for, right? And so, I mean, I know Chris for a while, so I, I took a lot of liberties with the pot shots, right? And so he's very gracious till now we're sharing a stage. But, you know, you know, I think with all of us, reality is it's not, it's not a, whether you are right or I'm right or right or wrong and I'm wrong and I'm wrong. The, I, I, we, need, we need to find out is Christ, Christ in the middle of, middle of our ship. He should, right, he should right. be and ought to be down all star. That's right. And this, and this drift, uh, this drift is actually a very real thing. Uh, we, you know, we should actually be good friends, right? Yeah. You would, if you, and this happens in a lot of relationships. On the surface, it would seem that if you're gonna marry somebody, start a life together with them, you know, that you would be close. Some of you look at the person next to you and you're like, they're probably the person who knows me the best in the whole world. They're yeah. probably the one who's yeah. the closest to me. Yet it's possible to still drift. Yeah. We, we just, we relied so much on our history of, hey, you know, we previously worked on stuff, we don't have to deal. And, like, I knew Rog was going through things, right? I, there was an understanding of it, yep. And, you know, like, in my sort of token Asian way, hmm. I tried to actually practically help solve some issues, right? And then we'd sit down and we'd, like, talk a little bit about, yeah. hey, here are some options, and we talk about your work and some ideas of entrepreneurship or whatever, right? Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm being the best friend ever. But I didn't really connect with Roger um, at a deeper level, probably aside from just problem solving. Yeah, and, and I think, Chris, on, on my side, why I felt uh, very hurt was because uh, I, I had counted upon you to be a friend that I can be vulnerable to, right? And many of you see me here, you see, oh, he's very accomplished, he can speak, he's got this, blah, blah, blah. But hey, at the end of the day, I'm also human in need of friendship and encouragement at times. And I think that speaks for all of us, whether you're here or through Zoom, you know, welcome to those again on Zoom, is that we are made to be close and we all have a need. And, and those needs cannot simply go away by just wishing it goes away 
are being flippant. And for those key relationships, can I encourage us as a church, as a family, as we come before Christmas, that we need to slow some things down and fix things rather than, all right, I'm just going to throw away 30 years of friendship, right? And all our family holidays together, all memories, it's nothing. And I just move away and my heart becomes hardened because that's not God's way. But it needed me to be vulnerable to say, Chris, I am feeling like this. Now, if you know me long enough, you'll find that that is a very, very, very hard thing to say because we all craft personas. We all craft our exterior view of how we want people to view us. I am the same. And it took me a lot to actually say, I am in need. And even to say, to find the right vocabulary and the right words. And so sometimes when we share these things, it comes out clumsily. And I thank God it was you that I shot at because, you know, you've been well-trained and uh, Chris knew not just to dodge it, but to absorb it. I knew he was hurting, right? And, uh, which was good, you know. <laughs> but, but then I felt convicted, so anyway, yeah. Hey, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this particular instance, but I just, if we could just take a little bit of a pause for a bit, uh, because the problems don't just happen on the emotional side. That's right. Okay, so um, as a kind of like a thinking sort of person, Pastor Ron calls me the robot, right? But um, we have feelings too. And I've now come to realize that actually what it is, is that um, it's a little bit like left-handed and right-handedness. Mm. All of us have left, hand, left and right hands. It's just some of us, our dominant hand is right, the others, our dominant hand is left. Yeah. Uh, my dominant hand is thinking. So I, I think and I process through things. It doesn't mean I don't have feelings. It's just I don't gravitate to that often. And I think what happens when you're a thinker is you downplay your own feelings. Yeah. And then what happens is the feelings that drive you, you end up not even noticing them. And you use your thinking side to justify what actually you're feeling. So you're like, I don't want to actually have anything to do with this person ever again. Yeah. So what you do is, instead of getting all emotionally hyped up, instead of like throwing a fit, sulking, or whatever it is, you just go, ah. And here are three reasons why I don't think it's wise for me to have things to do with this person. And so you check out. You check out, you yeah. orchestrate a range of things uh, around the place, right? Yeah. And then when you dialogue, you're like, hey, you dialogue at this thinking level without ever actually dealing with something that is going on in reality, in your heart as a thinking person. Something that's going on in your heart because you never even looked there. Yeah. You're not used to, to days of crying and pondering and grappling with stuff. You're just used to strategic plans, you know, fixing, goal, fixing. fixing right? And so a lot of your time is like spent that way and you don't know actually how to deal with stuff. Like I'm so glad we had Esther come up and share. Yeah. Because yeah, what Esther was sharing today, what the ladies retreat did was actually enable um, people to go deep into what is happening in their inner lives, which is where the Holy Spirit wants to actually deal with stuff. And so, and that, uh, that occurs for people who are feeling and thinking. I'm just convinced that the people who are thinking, they're so used to using their right hand, they they ignore that feeling bit. So to be really honest, I was actually also a little bit upset with Rog, which is why I was probably going, hey, just sort it out. Anyway, if you don't sort it out, I'll sort it out. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the last thing- You're the man. Yeah, You're that's the right. Man. That's right. But the last thing I want to do <laughs> is have to deal with our relationship because- That's like, harder. Yeah. That's Ministry harder. problems are easier to solve. It's not yeah, even yeah. The, the, the issue I felt. So anyway, it was very hard for us to reconcile, right? Yeah. Um, but we did take some steps, right? I think one, the first step is on the receiving end. Maybe you're hurt this day and you're wounded and your tank like mine was empty and uh, you want to take some steps. So one of the things uh, we, we had to do or I had to do was simply to come before the Lord and say, God, where are you in all of this, right? Uh, beyond just, should I just throw away 30 years of friendship? 
But uh, so I just want to know, it, it was fairly serious, right? I actually contemplated that for a while because uh, there are plenty of other good friends around if I just look around, right? I mean, I don't know, right? So, yeah, but <laughs> who, God who doesn't eat let... More better quality food. Yeah. <laughs> God doesn't just uh, let us off the hook, unfortunately, so easily. He wants us, because if loving was easy, then we would all be doing it, correct? We won't have to talk about it. Jesus wouldn't have to die. But loving is not so easy. Uh, so it's a second commandment after loving God is to love one another. It's hard, yeah? So that's leading up to the actual day and uh, our actual lunch. At the actual lunch, things got actually a lot worse before it got better. That's so right. at the actual lunch, it got really weird because Roger, having come up, you know, sort of done his thing, realized whatever he's realized, right? Building up all that courage to sort of say to me, hey, I feel like you're not being a good friend, right? Like, so all of these things are happening behind the scenes. I don't know at all that it's happening. I should have gotten some clues because we were already distant. Yeah, just blur. Yeah. Right? I was, I was a bit blur. <laughs> but anyway, praise the Lord for my top reconciliation technique because as soon as he said, I think you're not a good friend. Yeah. I went with convince. <laughs> My, I then went, Roger, let me tell you, I am a good friend. Yeah. I am a good friend. And I literally <laughs> spent like five, ten minutes explaining to him why I was a good friend. Which clearly I had a lot of material. Well, I had a lot of material. I couldn't respond because there was food in my mouth. But, and I kept shoving my mouth with food. Otherwise, I would have spat it back at you, you know? <laughs> oh, man, it didn't go well. So that's why I really try to talk about it. Because sometimes, why is it that we get into these kind of problems? Is because we've got these familiar tools, familiar paths that... That, that, that we take and we already know they're not helpful and we've seen the fruit of it we've seen the result of it but it's so like locked down into who we are we just keep repeating it and repeating it and, and maybe this is the time for us to pause and stop and let the Holy Spirit speak in and change yeah. um, you know what we do and I think maybe the hardest part in, in all of that when we are trying to have a no regrets policy or goal heading towards reconciliation is for extroverts, it's extremely hard to stay silent. That's why you have to stuff your food with mouth or mouth with food or whatever it is. And, and because we are not wired that way, right? We are wired to just express ourselves. And if you blow up, well, oops, right? Sorry. But that's how we're wired, right? I, 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 whereas, you know, Chris, I think you, 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 know, you made with a higher, faster chip and you can actually slow down and stop. Uh, but some of us can't. And it's actually those worst times in the heat of the moment, I find myself saying things that I regret later on. Of course, I don't think I'm the only one like that. Correct? Because there are times where in the heat of the moment, pressures of the work or family, etc., and we say things that it's very hard to unsay, and the effect that it generates actually causes a lot more harm. Initially, I felt good after shooting him, but very soon after, the food didn't taste as good as it should. And you smile because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so now we're going to be getting into some of the application, the application part um, of this message. Because we really, our intent is that our pain is to be your blessing, right? And so... You can really pay us later. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. fine. Frank you and Charles Yufan, right. just yeah. stick, stay Chatsu in your Charles Yufan lane, all right? Don't then, come over, we'll just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but we want to encourage you to go on this journey of applying how we can clear a path to reconciliation. Not a complete force the other person to reconcile, but yeah. at least clear a path to it. And one of the reasons, again, just before we um, kick off the application, I, we understand what it can be like. Yep. That sometimes so much time <clears throat> has passed. Uh, there have been so many flow-on effects. And hurts and, and wounds. Hurt and wounds and because of the things. fractures, right? Yeah. That suddenly, by the time you're meeting, by the time you're actually talking about the issue, nobody cares about the actual issue. We didn't even talk about the ministry issue in yeah. the, the lunch. You're talking 
about a lot of the deeper issues of your friendship and of the dynamic, right? Mm. And that's what we want to encourage you to do in this application section is really consider carefully how you have, in the very important relationships in your life, how do you have conversations at a deeper level? Because yeah. we're not going to be able to deal with fractures, all these differences, if it's only going to be at the very, very superficial level. Hey, yesterday, I'm so sorry, I forgot to invite you to a party that I had. That's it. Oops. Yeah. For some, it might be a major thing, but you know, in the scheme of things, it's... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Am let's I still go invited into... for your dinner? We, we've got a dinner coming up. Oh yeah, we yeah. Are. Okay, good. Yeah, Am I in? <laughs> I think so, but you have to check with my wife. Okay. Oh, you're just deflecting now. <laughs> I see. I see what you're doing. That's a good. Yeah. One. <laughs> I don't keep track of the RSVPs. It's okay. Great. Okay. He's blaming so. you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm such a good friend. Yeah, exactly. I want to allocate the best person in our house yes. to handle this. Clearly. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the passage of scripture yeah. for today. It's Philippians 2, 1 to 4, right? Um, and it goes like this. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, and we just finished our fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if there is any participation of the Holy Spirit, um, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And then here's the key thing. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Yeah. So we're going to actually talk about three things as we uh, dialogued over a couple of months now about how uh, we actually managed to mend back our relationship through um, the fracture. Yeah. Okay, Raj. Oh, is it oh, me? Oh, that's me. Oh, that's it's me you. first. Oh, yeah. yeah it's right. in black. <laughs> Somehow, we decided to use colors, <laughs> colors to differentiate who because says what. Because he's colorblind. <laughs> right? <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs> Anyway, that's right. black. That's okay. you. It's black. I can see black. <laughs> the first step, the first step that you have to do if you are a Christian, if, if it says, that, you know, if there's any participation of the Holy Spirit, is you actually need to be reconciled with God first. That means you have to actively take some time to, to get help and healing from the Holy Spirit. You want to... Um, you almost want to get to a pause. And this applies whether or not you are the initiator of the conflict or the receiver of the conflict. That's right. Yeah. On both sides, actually. We, you know, the, like the reconciliation to other people might seem like a good idea for everybody, right? But if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, it's more than just a good idea. Yeah, it's not optional. It's not optional. Yeah. It is, it is a commandment. It is, it is part of what God has created us to do. And if Jesus Christ is our Lord, we're going to have to follow him. We're just going to have to just do it, right? And so part of getting that strength, part of dealing with that is actually um, some time with God. I personally found that whenever... Um, I try and do something just out of my either GTD list or yeah, just smash yeah. things out. Um, it's not the same as when God convicts me to do it. Because sometimes there can be resentment, there can be a bunch of um, you ill, feel manipulated. Ill, yeah, ill yeah. feeling that comes out of it. Yeah. Right? Because, ah, this is what I have to do, you know, somebody has to pastor this church and we can't, right, whatever, right? And it just, it builds inside. But, if it's the Holy Spirit, if it's God Himself who you're surrendered to, who you have submitted your life to, convicting you, it comes, it, it, it hits at a much deeper level and allows for deep inner transformation. Yeah, uh, that, that's good, Chris. And so I think the first point is like being reconciled to God. It could seem very flippant, but that really is true because unless the Holy Spirit convicts you and I, uh, whatever lasting, whatever change we do cannot possibly be lasting or sustainable because it's done in the flesh, right? And there will be, if we don't resolve the inner uh, wound or the hurt, 
right? And the second bit that really God had to challenge me was, uh, was God just saying, do you want to? And that's the same question that I ask many of us here, that maybe there is a fracture, whether in your family, relationship, boss, wherever it is, and, 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 and there are one or two reactions. One, you might say, well, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's okay, we still talk, but at what level, and are you deep, and have you gone to where you were before? That's a good self-reflecting question. The second bit is, do you act, you know, and we would tend to then say, well, it's not that bad, or I simply don't want to. And if the person wants, they know where to find me, they know my WhatsApp number. And that's the bit that it's a lot harder to address because we have to, like Chris said, it's not optional for us to love one another. We're going to be in eternity together. And the worst thing is we cannot move on in our Christian walk and maturity until and unless we deal with it. That is God's way, unfortunately, or fortunately, because it's actually a much better way, right? If we kept closing off and discarding, then we will not have had the fortitude to build long-lasting relationships. So I believe today the Holy Spirit, we're going to ask the band to come and help us in a sec to close out the service, is let me ask you a question. If there's a fracture, do you want to? Do you want to get healed? And do you want to be reconciled, honestly? And will you take a no-regrets approach? Do whatever it takes within your power to close the gap. Now, that person may never, ever respond, but at least from your perspective, you have done a no-regrets. Especially as we head into Christmas season, it's a good time to think about these things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we've heard a lot from the, as usual, from the emotional side of <laughs> things. Uh, but, you know, from a thinking person's perspective as well, that do you want to. So Roger described what it's like to not want to because something in your heart, something on the inside doesn't want to. Sometimes, if I'm really honest, I don't want to because I've thought it through and it's just not worth it. Yeah. So sometimes on the, on the sort of the less emotional side, right? We can Clinical. also... Cli okay. <laughs> Clinical. <clears throat> Clinical. I feel like doctors are very good, right? That's right. We have a lot clinical. of doctors here. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> on the clinical side, sometimes we can get to a place where we have convinced ourselves that we don't want to. Yeah. That it's just not worth it. And again, we, um, depending on how you're made up, it's something that we have to grapple with, with God. It is something that we have to grapple. And we're not talking about you have to be friends with everybody and everyone has to be your best friend and, and whatever, right? That's right. But we do have to, all of us, have to clear a path towards reconciliation. That's why in Galatians it ends with do good to everyone. Yeah. Right? We are, we are the ambassadors of Christ. I, I, I'm pretty sure when Jesus came to give his life and clear the path for people, he didn't only just do it for good people. Yeah. And for people who are like, treat him well and whatever it is. Jesus came for all. And we are his disciples, we're his ambassadors, we're to replicate what he does. So lastly, we want all of us to ask this question. And I say all of us, you know, we're, we're asking this question as well. This Christmas, what can you do to bring yeah. the other person closer? Right? Uh, we've, we've thought very hard about how to word the last point. Um, because sometimes um, it's not just take any action. It's not just, okay, now I've heard the sermon, right? I, I, I'm convicted we need to reconcile. And actually, I've got a free spot this Tuesday. So we're going to reconcile on Tuesday. I figured that one out. Because if we reconcile on Wednesday, it's a bit busy for me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. let's reconcile on Tuesday. You'll even pay right? for lunch. And yeah. I'll pay for lunch. <laughs> and I've got all these issues that I've been dealing with in my life. right? And so when I come on Tuesday, I'm just going to smash it all out on you. Okay, let me, let's re reconcile. No, then you think you're reconciled. That's it. Because, because it's off you. That's it. I've, yeah. I've done. Yeah. I have done. i got no regrets. I've done what is required to clear the path. You also have no friend left. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, maybe, maybe. So what is needed actually is instead of me being so involved with my issues and the things that are going on with me, right? I've got to think, as Philippians says, of the other person. I've got to consider the yeah. other person. I've got to go, what can I do to bring the other person 
closer. Which means, in, in the particular conflict that Roger and I had, it meant that I had to slow down and really pay attention to the things that were going on in his life that had nothing to do with worship ministry, with being on the SLT, with had nothing to do with planning, organizing, and any of the things in my Roger Seau context on my Todoist. That's right. Right? I, I had to actually consider him where he was at in order to build that bridge towards reconciliation. I want us to consider that that's what Jesus does. Yeah. That's what Jesus does when he comes. Okay, so we are going to close and we're going to do communion together. All right. Um, so if the, uh, if you should have gotten a communion packet like this. If you haven't got one, just put in. your hand up. If you haven't, just put your hand up. Our ushers are, are uh, yeah. watching. And so if you have your hand up, uh, they'll come up to you and, and pass you one of these. But I want, oh, thank you. Uh, but I want to read the context for our communion today as we close. We've got a few uh, needing, have we still got more? We've got a few people with their hands up still. Okay, cool. Jay, keep, keep your hand up if you haven't got yeah, it. Yeah, if you haven't um, got it, it's one right in front. Keep your hand up. Home. We're still going around. Uh, no. right, I'm going to read a few passages if I could. This will set the context for communion, all right? Communion is one of the two sacraments that Jesus Christ himself instituted. 1 Corinthians 11, 17 to 19 says this. And this is Paul scolding the church in the context of communion. Which is why we say it's not really very optional for Christians. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it was not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe in part I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. And then we jump ahead, and he gets into communion. What he was discovering, actually, which is a little bit of what we've discovered after two years of lockdown, is um, we've actually gotten a little bit worse, if we're honest. Yeah at doing relationships. We've all gotten a bit more used to ordering our lives the way we like it, um, having our little personal space and, and being able to craft things. Though. And then if we're honest as well, our energy levels are all a little bit lower, our tolerance is a little bit less low, lower. Our motivation for reaching out to the other person is like, oh man, some other time when there's no pandemic maybe, you know? Um, and we're... And so the correction that Paul has for the church, I feel like is very timely for yeah. us. And as pastors, as, as leaders, we're not immune to that either. So this is as much a message for us and all of our leadership team as it is for every single person on Zoom and every single person here. Because our goal is to deal with genuine faith at home. We must live out our faith. Right. Melbourne, Australia does not need more pretend Christians. We don't need more Christians who rock up and say, oh, brother, sister, oh, I love you, and secretly hate each other. That's not going to glorify God. That's not even what God intended. So the communion reminds us of that. Because right. in, in this passage it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given it, gave thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup, someone saying, this is the cup, new covenant of my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We've heard this before, but this is the part that comes right after it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But whoever, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, and he's about to explain what an unworthy manner is. 
will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself and then so eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why so many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. You have to understand that this whole passage has been written in the context of differences and fractures, which is why I read that first part. You can go and read it. Um, Paul is trying to say, when he says that for anyone who drinks without discerning the body, the body of Christ, yeah. it means that if you have bitterness, you have this grudge, you hold something, if there is unforgiveness, Jesus would say, don't go and give your offerings if there's unforgiveness. Like, it is consistent with every single thing that the Bible teaches. That we are not to take lightly the communion um, that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, and you might think, you know, sometimes we're on the receiving end, and it says you take communion, let the Lord heal your heart and your wounds so that we can love, not out of our own strength. But I also want to talk to particularly um, some groups where perhaps you are the perpetrator. You know, even this week, I, I lost my temper against uh, someone that was very dear to me. And, um, you know, no excuses and just being really honest. And I shared with some of the guys in our room, uh, in, in our group, for our marriage group. And it, it was really tough. So in, in the heat of the moment, again, I, I let fly some words. And those are things that the Lord is dealing with me. And I knew, whilst it felt good, an hour, two, three hours later on, I was miserable. And perhaps some of us are feeling like that. And I had to reconcile with God first, like what Chris said, but I also had to reconcile with that person with no views whether they would come back closer or not. Thankfully, they did. And I hope they're watching you know, the, uh, the, the cast. But it was a painful lesson, but a very necessary one for me. Because the question is, are we submitted enough to the Lord? And so as you hold a piece of bread before you, you know, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. And He said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And today and, and this afternoon, this morning, as we hold this in our hand, I, I ask you to look at your own heart. You don't have to look anywhere else, but would you allow the voice of the Holy Spirit? If you are feeling miserable, if you are feeling things like, hey, it may not be altogether there, would you just ask Him as you ingest this to say, Lord, just as you died for me with no expectations of me turning to you, I intentionally and willfully and voluntarily take this as my step towards you. And as you do that, will you just pray, Lord, just as you had the same power to raise Jesus from the dead, would you come and bring the dead things in my life, uh, in my heart, to life? Shall we do that? Let's just take a moment and close our eyes as we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And God might give some of you a picture of who it is that you need to reconcile or take a no regrets policy. Let Him do that. We'll give you space. For some of you, maybe you need to send a text, you need to send a call, you need to visit, you need to cook a food, a, a meal for them. Those are things that are outworked in a very practical way. And we want to make today's session practical. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We hold in our hand not just a white biscuit, but we hold in our hand a symbol of hope and life and true reconciliation. And so even as we take steps to head towards you, as we adore you, as we come before you, oh faithful God, I pray for each and every one. I pray for ourselves. I pray for Chris and I and that we continue, Lord, as we meander in our journey together, that you cause us, even despite, in spite of the conflicts that we have, that we will take steps to always uh, be reconciled as soon as we can to keep short accounts as we do that with you this day. And Lord, even right now, Holy Spirit, would you just begin to infuse our minds and our hearts with people or those that we know, either we hurt or we need to release. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that this cup that we take and this bread that we eat will be a liberating one. In Jesus' name. Let's take the bread together. You do the one. <clears throat> And now as we consider the blood of Jesus, 
Jesus drew blood. He bled for us. And as we take this, we must remember that we are called to love others even at a cost to ourselves. And so if we are to be in communion with Christ, let us remember his sacrifice for us as an example of the sacrifice we must have for others. Let's drink this blood. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just stand? Shall we stand and we'll end our service today? Well done, Chris. Let's just begin to order him and uh, adore him in the last few minutes. Amen.